What is up, everybody, and welcome back to the Play Action Fantasy Podcast. We uh, we kind of took off a week. Um, we had we some, did. We had we quite did. a bit of stuff come up in our lives, and we didn't feel like we had a whole lot to talk about. So the, the combination <laughs> of the perfect storm kind of said, you know what, let's just skip it for a week. We didn't have much. Busy lives, you know, is what it is. But we're back here heading into week eight. Sam, how's it going? Uh, it is absolute chaos. <laughs> over here at my house there's nothing but boxes i get married in two weeks less than two weeks Sheesh. Le- less than two weeks now yeah, uh you are stuff, you, huh? yeah you are you are in the wedding as well yeah uh so that's cool but uh it is an absolute zoo over here there's so many like empty boxes and things are showing up we have decorations all over the place and it has been it has been chaotic you know as as you mentioned a little bit before uh, that was why we took last week off. There was not a lot, of, not a whole lot to talk about. And honestly, you and I were both super busy. You have, um, yeah, you have McKenna, and then Chloe. You know, you have a, a newborn at home as well as a toddler. So it's been, uh, it's yeah, been crazy. Both, 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 both of them have RSV and RSV. Yeah, I was just going to say both. I've been never. to the doctor about four or five times in <laughs> yeah. the last like week. So it's been yeah. an interesting go. It's been it's been banana lands here, but. Um, we have, uh, we have some stuff to talk about because obviously, even though we are busy, fantasy still happens and football still happens. Uh, but, uh, hope you guys didn't miss us too much and hope that, uh, you guys made, made the right decisions on, uh, you know, some of the decisions you guys were thinking about, uh, going into last week. Cause it was a, uh, it was an interesting week. We have, uh, well, we got some players on new teams. We have players that aren't going to play again this year. Wow. A lot of crazy stuff going on. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, you and I had talked a little bit, but uh, just like trying to decide if we were going to do last week's podcast, we were both like, man, do we really want to get on a podcast and say, you know, oh, everybody get on the Kenyan Drake hype train. And I was actually going to tell everyone, (laughs) don't get on the Kenyan Drake hype train and look at what happened, because Uh, right off the bat, uh, Gus Edwards comes right off a serious injury and says, I'm a bell cow again. (laughs) <laughs> well, so and and really, really, what happened here? It was the same injury as J.K. Dobbins, except Gus Edwards had the proper amount of time to heal up and come back and be, you know, game shape for it. J.K. was more it it was more rushed, and obviously, you know, what happened happened. You know, he had reaggravated that knee injury. He's got to go underneath the knife again. You know, gonna miss some some time and. You know, he may be shut down altogether, uh, you know, for the for the rest of the year. Uh, but that's why, you know, players, it, it, you know, running backs coming off of the uh, the ACL injuries. I like to try to avoid them if if I can, even though I love J.K. Dobbins. I love the talent. Um, you know, I love what he brings to that uh, Baltimore offense. But it, that was always a super, super skeptical, you know, move on, on every, you know, like just like last year, like last year, I didn't really want to touch Saquon because the exact same thing. Uh, and, you know, he was very inefficient last year, but this year I was all in because statistics show it's about 18 months after that injury is when you start, um, you know, coming back and Saquon even said in an interview that I had listened to uh, in the off season, he was like, it was, it was later on in the season last year before he could fully trust his body to actually cut in games, like to actually you know put a full like load on it and whatnot. And uh, he was he, he was he was ready to come back. So yeah, it looks like he's having no problem doing that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's 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 the inverse side of things, you know. Uh, Gus Edwards obviously is a uh, you know very talented runner as well, uh, but Baltimore's has a whole bunch of other injuries going on, you know. 
Uh, Mark Andrews not getting a catch in a game he played the entire game on. Um, I don't know if anyone had that, but on their bingo cards, but uh, they'd be they'd be marking that spot, and I wouldn't because I would never think that that would happen. He had a rush attempt for four yards. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, Mark Andrews one catch game. I, I believe that's his second time this year that he's kind of you know let fantasy owners down. And you and I had kind of text about this a little bit before. Um, I think I saw a statistic that fantasy numbers are down like twenty two percent this year, and mm-hmm. and you really do feel it. Um, we were kind of talking about you know fantasy is very challenging this year because in the past there was a lot more steady-as-she-goes kind of guys. Like, you knew every week in your lineup this guy was going to get you 15, 20 points. He was a top-end guy. You were good to go. And this year, between injuries and whatnot, I mean, there's just been really no consistency across the board in fantasy, and it's really playing into the fantasy owners that drafted a well-rounded, deep team this year because there's well, been there's been high disappointments there's yeah. been big injuries oh, yeah. and then there's been good say. surprises late in the draft so the the people that did well in the draft and had a deep team that was well rounded those are the teams that seem to be finding the most success this year because you can't you know if you were banking on two or three guys to carry your lineup with big points every week it that's just not happening so far this year Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and, and that's what I was going to get at too. You know, I, I, you know, in my home league, obviously I'm in other leagues, but I really only care about my home league. Shout out High Life Cup. Uh, and going like leaving the draft, I was like, I have never felt so good about a team. Like, love this team, love the value that fell to me. You know, love the players that I have. And week four, I'm literally trying to pull my like I'm pulling my hair out every single Sunday, saying like, what is going on? Like, I, I don't, I just don't get it. Um, but, uh, yeah, like you said, you know, some of the teams that are, that are succeeding are the teams that have been active on waivers, but also the teams that have hit on those late round picks, those late round dart throws like Kenneth Walker and those late round dart throws, um, you know, like some of those other wide receivers and those tight ends like David Njoku and things like that. Um, those are the guys that are succeeding because now they've added depth, but, uh, also they've, they've added, you know, trade assets and, you know, they're a lot more liquid and they can make a lot more moves, a lot more versatile with their team now. But yeah, those so far from what I've seen, it's teams that are, you know, active on the waiver wires and, you know, making the right pickups and whatnot. But, you know, it's, it, Fantasy is it, it's you know you can draft as much as you want, but there's a little bit of luck. There's a lot of bit of luck, you know, <laughs> involved in the actual uh, you know the success of a team and winning a t- title, winning a championship. Um, but yeah. uh, you know you can only do so much. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you got to remember that everything that is fantasy is all just projections. Like until someone goes out there and does it, really everything we everything we say, everything anyone else says, is all just based on past knowledge of what we see and what we think that's going to turn into and uh, and that's just as easy to miss as it is to hit you know i think i think that that's where you know my comment about a well-rounded deep team is really important because you know there's a lot of teams this year that you know Brees hall javante williams you know those kind of guys go down and they're like oh no that was a big part of my team. Like, yes, you should feel that way. But like in my home league, I lost DeAndre Swift very early on. That didn't hurt me that much because I had a Kenneth Walker and Rashad Penny sitting on my bench ready to be plugged in if needed. You know, I I traded for Travis Etienne when he was low, and now I can plug him in and cover my hole. Like, I've done a good job, you know, practicing what we preach here. 
you know, and trying to pursue the players that we talk about pursuing. And I try to use what I know to constantly be improving my team. And so, and I think that that's, that's a slippery slope because sometimes, you know, trying to constantly improve your team turns into, I just want to trade. And then you offer something or get something that really wasn't helpful for your team. Um, And that, and that can hurt you as well. So sometimes you really got to take your time with it, but know, like, say this, you, you need to find the guy that you think this is what I'm all in on, and that's the guy you go after. Don't just go after a trade because someone offers it to you or it's got a flashy name in it. It's got to be a like I, I really encourage you to pursue guys that you feel are the next thing because if you just accept a trade or just offer a trade just to you know get a name or to do something, like that's not always the best. Like obviously, I mean, there's definitely times that people will offer you trades. You go, the hell was this guy thinking? I gotta take this. I'm all for that. But really, make sure that any trades you're doing are really for players you believe in, because redraft is really hard to complete trades and win. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, kind of piggybacking off of that, you know, in you and I's group chat uh, this morning, we had a uh, you know one of our friends, uh, Tony, yeah, sent over a. He sent over a trade. It was a three from three. It involved a whole, you know, some some really really big like premier names and everyone. Do you want me to read those off was, real quick? I mean, just you, just you for the sake you, of it. He, I mean, you, you can if you want to. Sure, go ahead. Yeah, so, so he he was giving up uh, Kyler Murray, Joe Mixon, and DK or and uh, no. AJ Brown. So Kyler Murray, Joe Mixon, AJ Brown. He was giving them up. And getting Lamar Jackson, DK Metcalf, and Mark Andrews, right? And, and so, every everyone in our everyone in our group chat was like, "Oh yeah, I'd absolutely do that." And like you and I were the ones that were kind of talking sense into him, like, "Hey, dude, this is what's going on." Like Andrews is dealing with an injury, DK is dealing with an injury. Like I understand those are big flashy names, but like you can stream a you can stream a tight end every single week. There's a starting tight end on on a team somewhere that is just sitting on the uh you know on waivers you know it may be harrison bryant for the for the browns but he's a starting tight end he's going to be there whereas you know if if you're really hurting your running back depth to get a tight end like i don't know it's a lot harder to find a running back that's going to touch ball 20 plus times like joe mixon and that ended up for me that was the you know everyone else is pretty comparable oh this side wins here the other side wins there but like it comes down to that third guy and i was like i'll i'll i'll, I'll take the running back you know, over the uh, over the over the tight end. Yeah, absolutely. Personally. And I because now I broke it down a little bit, and I I basically said you know Lamar Jackson uh, was like three point average like three points more per game than Kyler Murray, and Lamar Jackson has two like fifty point games, which means his other games were real low. You know that's what Lamar Jackson brings to the table. He's he's huge boomer bust. Um, where Kyler Murray's been very kind of steady as she goes, gets you your twenty points every week. And he has, especially with D-Hop back, has that ability to boom also. Yeah, there you go. Point to him in the background. He's and hanging I, up. And I don't know if then, you guys remember last week or two weeks ago, we had Pitts up there. He found the end zone on his three-for-nine day with a touchdown. <laughs> and he come, comes right off, and someone else goes up. And we're, So we're going we're gonna to put K-1 up. Um, I, I think that he even has a higher ceiling than what he's been showing. So yeah, absolutely. Hopefully. And and Murray's always been better with D Hop. So we I compared those two, and then I said AJ Brown to DK Metcalf. To me, that's really not you know DK is fine, Brown. 
but it's A.J. Brown, and D.K.'s hurt. Easy. So it was A.J. Mm-hmm. Brown over D.K. to begin Easy. with, and now yeah. D.K. is potentially Even banged more. up. So then yeah. I ask myself, would I trade Mixon for Andrews? And my answer is always no. And and honestly, if I do mm-hmm. nothing else, other, like I don't even have to look at our statistics. You drafted Mixon at the in the first round. You didn't draft Mark Andrews in the first round. Unless no. Mixon was doing nothing, you very clearly stated, I want Mixon over Mark Andrews. So why now when you look at this, are you saying I want Mark Andrews? You know, right. I mean, if, if nothing else, look at it as simple as that. Where did you draft a guy and did you draft him over the other guy to begin with? Because unless your guy's drastically underperforming, at some point you said this guy was better. Even if it was based on rankings that someone else did, there's a reason that Mixon is in the first round and Mark Andrews is not. And right. and so, I mean, simple as that. But on, on the actual statistical side, there's a lot of people down on Mixon. But Mixon has the most red zone attempts of any running back in the NFL right now. The guy's he's, crazy. Like, he's the, right the, up the, there. The, yeah, the in touches. volume he gets. And he's, he's involved way more in the passing right. game than he a lot is, of people. He has like, more touches. He, he to is be. up there in top two in touches in all of running backs. And then you look at the fact that who's behind him. And I would say that 75% of you couldn't even tell me who's behind him. And that's exactly what you want in your running back. And Chris Evans. Right. That's exactly what you want in your fantasy lineup is you want no conversation of who is behind them because you want your guy touching the ball as much as possible. So to me, that trade made no sense at all. Made no sense at all. It's all about the bell cow rule. You, you fe- get yourself a bell cow. Those are tough to find. That that felt like a my team does not have the record I want, so I want yeah. to make a move. But really, that move doesn't help. And and, so that- and also, uh, you know, kind of again piggybacking off your you know AJ Brown to DK Metcalf. Let's say DK Metcalf is is healthy. You know, totally understand that. At this t- time in the year, you want to make sure that you're kind of taking a look at schedules. And for the AJ Brown owner, he's already eaten the Philadelphia Eagles bye week, which was last week. So he's smooth sailing, you know, as long as, you know, A.J. Brown stays healthy, he'd be able to play him to the to the championship week. Whereas DK has a bye some point coming up. I don't know what week it is, but always pay attention to those as well whenever, whenever you take a look at, uh, you know, like people that are offering you trades and whatnot. And at the same time, if you have a player that's a pretty equal value, what, like the player that you have hasn't had their buy, and the player you're trying to get has had the buy. To me, that gives the person that who's already had the buy, and you've already that's already done with. That gives them a leg up, so to speak, and gives them a little more value because that's one week that you don't have to worry about. Oh, hey, you know, I got to stream this person here. Oh, you know, this guy's usually in flex now. He's got to go to you know my running back too or my wide receiver too. You know, area. So. um this is the time of the year where, you know, a lot of the big teams are on buys and whatnot. You can try to, you know, buy players uh, from uh, some desperate teams that need wins. You can try to get them maybe at a little bit of a discount. So uh, who is it like the Chargers? Chargers, the Chargers are on buy this yes. week. Um, I mean, obviously, you're not going to be able to get Austin Eckler with pretty much anything. I it, With the injuries to Mike Williams, Keenan Allen kind of banged up. Uh, I don't see how Austin Eckler doesn't finish as like the running back one, or at least inside the top three running backs, yeah, which is it, a completely it different tune, which is a completely different tune from what I was singing after week two, when I was super concerned about him, I was telling people to, to, to trade him, to sell him, uh, because I mean, look at the first two weeks of the season. It, it did not look good. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he has, he has shut me up. I'm, 
you know, humble enough to admit I was wrong on that. I'm, I hope everyone kept him because he is uh, he, he's an absolute horse. But well, the other um, the other thing is just, you could just, go after just, like a Justin Herbert right now because you know if the team that has him, he hasn't necessarily been performing. But you might be able to go and grab him. I don't um, want you. I don't want you to beat yourself up though. So hold on though, because the only thing that you have been wrong about Austin Eckler about though is the touchdowns. He's back to getting a million touchdowns a week, but. The last two weeks, he rushed for 36 yards and 31 yards. So he's not no. super productive on the ground at all, which is what your criticism was of him, was that he was not True. producing. He just has like 10 touchdowns already this year. Yeah, spike weeks. <laughs> he, he does. He does. Uh, I, I guess, do we want to kind of – so, you know, a, a few weeks ago, we had kind of gave I was you say, some, should, you know, should we should we do low, a, sell high. Yeah, we, we can kind of go let's, back and let's review do a it. Seg- sure. We'll do a segment called Toot Our Own Horn here. Yeah, uh, Toot Your Own Horn. <laughs> Um, so uh, yeah, the last ahead. two weeks ago, um, we did our, our top 10 running backs the rest of the year. So I'm going to toot my own horn because I put Kenneth Walker in the top 10 running backs for the rest of the year. And Kenneth Walker was running back two last week in fantasy yeah. points. But, so, but you also left Josh Jacobs off of that list, which I, I had him on it. Yeah. Josh Jacobs, Josh <laughs> Jacobs is uh that dude's running like a man on a mission. I, it's mm-hmm. like Josh Jacobs has taken the fact that his team hates him and said, screw you. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure you have to play me, man. There's, there's nothing better than an athlete with a chip on his shoulder. Like, you know, with something to prove that is just pissed off at everyone else and wants to prove everyone wrong. There's nothing better than that. Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley are literally, uh, you know, running back and walking proof of exactly what's going on there with a chip on their shoulder. It's it, it's awesome to watch. I love watching both those guys. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I wanted to toot my horn about Kenneth Walker. Yeah, my mine was more on like the buy lows and and, and sell highs. Uh, you know, I was. Uh, I do, I I'll, do I'll, believe I'll, I'll, I'll save one till last. But, on on uh, that you know, note, on that note, ahead. when you said on the uh, you were talking buy lows. In like week two, I was telling you, watch for Kenneth Walker being dropped and try and get him cheap. So there was a time period where there was a buy low for Kenneth Walker. There, there was. Although he, sh- yeah, he he should have been drafted in. You know, he most was leagues, dropped after, in a lot of leagues. Yeah, after after Penny had his massive week, I think it was like week three or something like that. Yeah. Week two, week three. After he had his massive week, there were a lot of people that were dropping him, and I was like, that's a, that's an absolute mistake. Yeah, uh, but uh, I was. I was a big advocate for selling James Robinson, which I still stand behind. Um, that was two weeks ago, and I think every single week I've talked about him because I'm just like, hey, Travis Etienne's going to take over this backfield. This is not going to stay. And every single week, a snap show went down and down, and Etienne's went up and up and up. And I kept telling you guys, go get Etienne. You're not going to have a chance. It's going to end up happening. He's going to you know, find the end zone one or two times or bust off a few big plays or have a 70% uh, you know, snap share of the running back opportunities, and you're not going to be able to get him. And look, look where we are now. He is the bell cow. I don't see him finishing outside of the top 12 for the rest of the season now that this move has been made where James Robinson is no longer there. Uh, I also don't necessarily think that James Robinson um, is – is much in in the Jets' offense as well. I still think it's going to be Michael Carter, and I think they uh, I think they went out and got uh, James Robinson is more of a uh, you know a depth thing because you you have to have some you know some running backs behind you, especially at that uh, you know with that team that just lost Brees Hall. And, and then I guess we can kind of you know talk about it. You cue the piano music. Go ahead. I'm I'm sick of doing this, but unbelievable. So some of my my my. <laughs> 
favorite players coming into coming in this year to see, hey, what are these people going to do? You know, what are these guys going to do? We drafted these awesome teams. Let's see what the workload looks like. Oh, boy. <laughs> like, you know, Javante is just doing so much with so little. I can't wait till he gets the entire opportunity. Oh, you know, Trey Lance is finally going to get a shot. And then Brees Hall, as soon as he ascends up to the play, right when he's starting to absolutely just get in the rocket ship and take off, gets taken away from us just like the other two. And it's it it just it sucks. God, it sucks. I I hate seeing this, especially a guy that's so young that was you know so talented. Um, God, you know it's it just it it makes me so mad. Yeah, and we like, we so have this. We, off we have the ongoing joke so now because we've seen we've seen what he can do, how good he is. It's ridiculous. Like, he's the reason why I was like, third round, go get Brees Hall if he's, if he's sitting there in your third round. If you, are, you know, only took one running back or you went, um, you know, wide receiver, tight end in the first or second round, like, go get Brees Hall because he's a, he's a monster. He's going to be so good. But just like everyone, as soon as I like him and, you know, if, if I told you to go get him, they're going to get hurt. So, Jesus yeah, yep. That is the ongoing joke in our little group chat. Is that if anybody, anybody, Sam is all in on, you might want to trade him because he's going to go down with an injury. It's um, unreal. So yeah, it's I mean that is really unfortunate for Brees Hall. It is, um, it is interesting because I mean the the damn it man the the James Robinson thing goes hand in hand with the other character, the other character, the other person that we can, uh, you know kind of toot our own horn about because it is it is too late now probably to buy low on etn because the james James robinson news was a surprise but it's solid it's solidified anyone saying oh i can finally sell etn for a decent price because now they say well etn's the only one there i gotta have it no you know you might have you might have been able to like i said there's i I don't think there's a way barring injury Knock you, on wood. You, you have happened. now missed out on him as well, and that is nope. unfortunate. You're, you're not um, going to get him. No chance. He's I think top those, twelve running back. Did we have another toot our own horn there? Or I mean, I said I, sa- I said to buy Alvin Kamara low. That's true. Alvin Kamara's been steady. That's, that's about his monster. And I also said, and then my other one was buy uh, buy DJ Moore low. Which yes, DJ Moore. That was my other one. Yeah, he's also been he's been better. Since yeah, so then, D- and it just took them, you know their best offensive player getting moved for him to be good, and then they beat the Buccaneers. How about that? Yeah, so I mean, there was literally only what? Let's see, two, three, four, five wide receivers with over a ninety-five percent uh, on on ninety-five percent of the snaps for their team. Only five wide receivers in the entire NFL: uh, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and DJ Moore. So yep. the guy is literally out there. There's nobody else left on that team. He's going to get his, like we always said he would, and he's a talent. And if if there's anyone still low on him, I I would I guess this is the thing is you can never hurt yourself by checking in. See if see if maybe the owner thinks, oh, this is a fluke. He had finally had a good week. I'll trade him. I doubt it. But you might as well check in and see if they're willing to part with him. Um, but yeah. yeah, DJ Moore, he's gonna—you're gonna see that number climb because uh, yeah, we we both liked the potential of DJ Moore there. But 
Um, on a side note, I realized that we have skipped right over probably the biggest news of last week. Uh, Let's get to it. Christian McCaffrey gets traded to the 49ers. He what? Yeah. Christian McCaffrey is now on the 49ers, which is interesting on so many levels for fantasy because, you know, Christian McCaffrey was, you know, clear number one in Carolina. Nobody really cared about the two and three. Now you've got split duties between Hubbard and Hillard. And I mean, I think Foreman. Oh, Foreman. Yeah. Hillard's Henry's backup. The other backup to Henry last year. So yeah, Foreman and, uh, and Hubbard. Uh, that was pretty 50 50 last week. I, I, the eye test says that Foreman is the better running back. Um, but obviously, uh, Hubbard still finds his way in there sometimes, which would probably be annoying. So, you know, I mean, they're not bad. They weren't bad waiver wire pickups. I'm sure both of them got picked up this week for in your league, but, um, I mean, I'm not rushing out to start any of those guys unless I'm desperate. Uh, but on, on the San Francisco side, um, the getting of Christian McCaffrey is interesting. Um, I guess it, it's interesting on so many levels because you had a lot of people that were riding Jeff Wilson and being very happy with that ride. Um, you had a lot of people, you know, holding on to Elijah Mitchell thinking, you know, when he comes back, I've got something stashed away. Um, Rip. A lot of people, you know, love Debo Samuel and all the crazy plays he gets involved in. You know, all of these things are going to be in question now as we see how they use Christian McCaffrey more. Um, Because obviously the thing is, anyone who thinks last week is what Christian McCaffrey is on this team is out of your mind. The guy literally got traded and showed up. You know, he he read the playbook on the plane to his first game there, basically. So Uh, he is. He's a Stanford graduate. I would hope so. So, yeah. So what I'm saying is, though, you know, he's obviously only getting started. Um, in, in how much he's going to be involved in this offense. And I mean, I, I, I don't see that anybody else in San Francisco is worth rostering anymore, barring a Christian McCaffrey injury, which I mean, is always possible. You know, Christian McCaffrey has been banged up and the 49ers seem to bang up all of their running backs. So it is very possible. Um, but he's definitely, you know, he's going to be used in a lot of ways that I think what they had in place could not be. The only thing you might still see is a Jeff Wilson or Elijah Mitchell may come in for some of those. I'm just going to run the ball right up the middle um, just to kind of save that wear and tear on McCaffrey. But I don't think either one of them end up with anything worth anything. So, yeah, I mean, that's just I think that's going to be interesting. I think the real question more so than any, I guess, if you had any questions, Jeff Wilson and Mitchell can basically be dropped at this point. The question the question that will remain to be seen is how does this impact both Debo and Ayuk, because they've both been, you know, kind of used in different formats. And, you know, now it's another mouth to feed. You know, it, it seemed like Ayuk owners were finally getting something out of him. So maybe a little concern there that McCaffrey takes some of that and Ayuk goes back to being, you know, the side guy again. I don't know. I really don't because the 49ers are one of those teams that's really, really hard to ever predict what they're going to do. Um, if, if there's no one could predict that Trey Sermon drafted would be cut and the sixth round pick Mitchell would be the starting back. I mean, so I, I have no idea what's ever going to happen on that team, which is why I tend to just try to avoid players on that team because I, I am not a big fan of confusion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, I, I've always avoided any running back or quote unquote running back in Kyle Shanahan's offense because it, 
it it doesn't matter. You know, I've said it on this pod before. It doesn't matter your draft capital. It matters how well can you run this certain play. How well can this person run this certain play? Uh, and and that's it. It's he's he's not like a bell cow guy. He's a hot hand kind of guy. Uh, he's he'll rotate three running backs in and out. Each of them will have you know double digit touches, like we've seen it before. Uh, and now he gets probably the the biggest workhorse back of you know of of the last you know few years. You know the last five ten years. Yeah, and it's. I, it's like the the meme of the uh, guy that's you know standing there looking at both buttons, and one of them says like push, and one of them says don't push, and he's like sitting there sweating because he doesn't know which one to push. And it, that's me saying never have a running back in Kyle Shanahan offense, and then Christian McCaffrey on the San Francisco Forty ers It's like, well, what what are we doing here? Like, I I would be. I'm really interested to see what he does whenever he's full go with the uh, team and knows the playbook and like, you know what his snaps are going to be. But also, you know, like you said, it's this this is going to eat into uh, targets for uh, you know for Debo Samuel, for Brandon Ayuk, for George Kittle. Um, it's a great offense, and I think somehow you know, I forgot George Kittle even played. It, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> just that, just 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 that one tight end out there in uh, in San Francisco. Yeah, he's 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 pretty okay, but yeah, it's. It'll be really, really interesting to see what happens. Um, I think that as uh, as an offense, you know, I they're super well rounded, and I think that they became the favorites in the uh, in, in their division. Uh, and they had to do, and then the Eagles kind of matched up with them, going out and getting Robert Quinn, bolstering up their defense, which was already top three, uh, because. I think that they think that they'll probably see each other in the playoffs at some point, and they need to, you know, have something to counter the uh, counter that offense. But we'll we'll see. Obviously, like I said, less targets for those pass catchers. You might see a few more spike weeks because they'll have to be play the uh, you know be played defensively a lot different. It, who knows? And it's all on Jimmy G to uh, you know to, to get him the ball. So we'll we'll see exactly what happens. I'm I'm really excited to see. Um, how this next week goes? Yeah, it'll definitely be exactly how he gets acquainted with the offense. Because I I've seen people say like I'm um, I'm getting rid of McCaffrey. The reason why he was awesome in Carolina is because Carolina's never really been very good, and they have to rely on him. Where San Francisco has they can win games without a, a running back like that. They've shown us that. You know, we we've seen that for the last few years. Now they get one like. Are they going to use him to his full potential? Like the reason why Christian McCaffrey was awesome is because volume, and and the consistency that he got that volume didn't matter if they were up by you know fourteen points or down by fourteen points. He was on the field. He was getting the ball. San Francisco might not use him the exact same way. Who knows? But they give up a lot to get him. So I I assume they're gonna they're they're gonna use they're gonna use the hell out of him. So we'll see. Yeah, it'll be fun. The, when is the next time the 49ers even get to draft somebody? <laughs> that's 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 an interesting question. And actually, they got uh, a big portion of the uh, trade was because they had a whole bunch of uh, uh, compensation picks from their coaches being hired to other teams. You get a third round pick for that if they're still underneath contract. Apparently, that was that was some of, you know because Robert Sala used to be the you know, defensive coordinator there. He is now the head coach out you know in the Jets or with the Jets organization. Um, and then there was another coach that ended up going to a different one that got upgraded to uh, hmm. you know to a, a, a like an offensive coordinator at another at another place. Uh, 
and they ended up getting picks out of that, and that's it, what they eventually turned into Christian McCaffrey. But uh, yeah, I mean, they already went all in for Trey Lance. Why not go all in for McCaffrey and see what happens? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there's there's one other thing that kind of stood out to me um, as I was looking through something, and I and I know that um, this is not somewhere we really enjoy uh, running backs. Just kind of talking on the running back controversy topic um, in New England. Uh, Damian Harris was back, and Ramondre Stevenson still dominated the backfield. Um, so he's played well, dominated the backfield when Harris came back. Now some of that could be Harris, you know, uh, we'll, we'll lean him back into the game. Um, but some of it also could be that Stevenson's just the real deal, and that's who they're going to they're gonna run with. And the, the part is, the thing is with me, like, Stevenson's been really, really good. Like, he's been a very good runner. Um but he's also like the Patriots, like running touchdowns is like their way of scoring. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, look at Jacoby Myers career stats. He's been the top target in that offense for like three years now. And the dude's got like three touchdowns over the last three years. So it's like, they, they want to, and, and look at uh, Damian Harris's touchdown totals last year. Like his, his numbers were very bloated by touchdowns. So it's very obvious oh, yeah. that, that Belichick, when he's in a certain zone says, let's run the ball in the end zone. So the question will be, and I don't even know if this is really a question or not, but the, I guess the question is that people might be asking, is, is Ramondre Stevenson going to get the backfield or are we going to go back to that 50-50 split with Harris? Yeah, I, I think it stays a 50-50 split if, if I'm going to be honest. Um, I think Damian Harris and his lack of usage this past Monday night was more of him coming off of that injury. He didn't necessarily practice a, a whole bunch coming in, you know, coming into the week. Um, and he was like more of a game time decision. Uh, and I think they were like, oh, you know, we're, we're, we'll give him, a, you know, he's not going to come off of that and be, be full go, especially when they have a capable running back like, you know, like Ramondre. Um, I think this upcoming week will be a little more telling. Um, but it seems like, you know, the past has been, you know, like almost split right down the middle. It's like 60 40 each way or 50 50 each way. Um, but that, that's what I think. I think Damian Harris is, is just too talented. And if they are going to go with Ramondre, I think that they would probably be better off trading him uh, to to some of the other teams out there that need a running back, like uh, maybe the Rams or something. Uh, yeah. But we'll I mean, we'll we'll see. Who knows? Yeah, I think, uh, what I think exactly I'm right. What's going to happen there? But I, I, I still think that it is a it is a timeshare. Uh, but. I, I think both of them are, you know, flexible, but I don't think any of them are like in the, you know, running back one category or anything. Yeah, I would say if you're a Harris owner, I wouldn't worry because I, I agree yeah, with you. Um, if I'm a Stevenson owner, I might hold. I might. Well, yeah, I'm gonna cap my expectations though. You know, I would cap. Don't, you could don't even trade me. high. You That's true. You could, you could trade high, mm-hmm. but I would not be anticipating him to continue this workload. Um, because mm-hmm. honestly, Almost. all you got, all you got to do is look, look at the Patriots and the Patriots backfield has always been a hot mess that you want no part of because there's always multiple people. The only thing that's carrying this, this backfield really is the fact that the touchdowns are there. Yeah. Um, otherwise you'd be in the same situation as you've been for years where you just, you never know when it's going to be a running back game and you never know which running back it'd be. So yeah, I mean, maybe it is a perfect time to sell high on Ramondre and, because you know, I don't see a little, anyone taking over. 
a little uh, you know, nugget off of that, you know, going back to the Monday night game. Another timeshare that seems like it is developing is uh, Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery. Um, what's going on there? You know, just by the eye test, it looks like Herbert's the more you know, the, the the guy with the most pop. He's the guy with the most burst. It's it seems like. Uh and I've you know, the snap shares have started to kind of even out after uh, you know, Khalil Herbert's uh you know little stint about three weeks ago where he was the starter. Uh, and, you know, he had had that massive game. But, I mean, Khalil Herbert's even flexible right now. You know, he's he's double-digit touches. He's double-digit uh, fantasy points for the most part with, uh, you know, good touchdown and good big play upside. Um, what are we thinking there? Like, you know, what's going on here with David Montgomery? Obviously a free agent at the end of the season. Um, are they just giving Khalil Herbert a run here and seeing what they have? Well, I think, uh, I think you kind of know this answer because we had this conversation last year, actually. Um, when... When Monty got hurt last year and then Damian Williams got COVID, I believe, was the time that Herbert got to step in. And I remember saying, like, first of all, let's let's go back a little farther. Where I, at going into last year, I had said, man, I'm not a buyer on Monty. I just don't think he's explosive. I said the only value he has is his workload. Because he's not an explosive runner, he's just kind of a grinder. Well, and he's he's a grinder. And, he goes out there and, and grinds and, the yards. Yeah, and fair, fair enough, Monty's never he's he's never been an explosive guy. He's never right, a guy that's exactly pop yeah off seventy no. yards, sixty yard touchdown. Right. and not so and so I have never been much of a fan of him as a football player because I said he's just not explosive. You know, if if he were to ever get you know get his workload diminished, he would just not be that valuable. Um, and then Herbert steps in because Monty's hurt. And Damian Williams has COVID or whatever. And Herbert looks great. And I remember saying, man, like, man, I'd be surprised if they go back to Monty. Herbert looks like a much better runner. You know, he can get this done. And then Monty comes back from injury and gets every single touch except like one. And I was like, okay, well, that's weird. But, you know, Monty's our guy, I guess. And then going into this year, um, I found myself in a league where I picked Monty and I grabbed Herbert as well. And I said, you know, Monty will be the guy, but I feel comfortable if he gets hurt. I got Herbert. Now I'm sitting here like, what the heck? Since when did we start timesharing in Chicago? Because you're telling me Monty coming off injury gets full workload twice because he did it this year also. Does it twice where he comes back from an injury and gets the entire workload. And now all of a sudden we're splitting, you know, 56, 40 something in snap count, you know, yeah. you're almost a 50, 50 timeshare between Monty and, and Herbert. And I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. They both have some value there, but. And that was a, yeah. that was a game that they were leading by a you know, from pretty much this, you know, the start of the game from the start of the first possession. That's a game that they're leading in. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think, I guess the, the, the thing they're showing is right now on the ground is all the bears have. It's Herbert, it's Monty, it's Fields. They're all just running around all over the place. And every now and then, they might chuck a pass 10 yards past the receiver he's throwing to. You know, I mean, that's basically their entire offensive scheme right now. And, I mean, that's not a bad place to be if you had the running backs, but it does suck because you'd much rather see 20 carries for Monty than, you know, 12 for Monty and 12 for Herbert. You know, that's it's so as a never fun. as a Montgomery owner, are you just kind of like hedging your bets and just kind of holding on to both him and him and Cleo Herbert? Or are you wanting to make are you trying to maybe get out ahead of the curve? Uh, you know, Monty obviously coming off the touchdown uh, of this past Monday night. 
still had a good fantasy performance, but the snaps are, you know, we're, we're pretty even. Do you think there's something that's trending or do you think this is just a, uh, you know, a, a one-time deal? And if so, would you be wanting to move Monty? And if so, for whom? Well, so this is the issue uh, as a Monty owner I'm having. Um, a, I have actually included Monty in several trades because I don't feel very good about the situation. So if that gives you any idea. But last week, uh, or by last week, I mean week six, the split was not very much in Herbert's favor. But Herbert ran the ball seven times for 74 yards. Because he busted out that huge run. That's the, but he can do that. That's right, that's what absolutely. he has. He yeah, has and so and then so you're telling me after busting out that big old run, that the next week Monty has 15 carries and Herbert has 12 carries. You're telling me that's not a coincidence. I think they're just seeing that. I mean, both guys have a place, but I mean, when I'm going fancy players, explosive is always a lot more exciting. I mean, explosive players are a lot more interesting in fantasy because they give you win the week potential. Where, where this is the problem I'm having with Monty is, as of right now, because the, I mean he doesn't have crazy touchdown numbers because Herbert's been stealing some touchdowns too. You know he hasn't even he's gone above 15 points once this year. So his numbers, you know, with the injury and the lower points, he's running back 33 right now. There's no selling point to David Montgomery other than anyone that maybe liked David Montgomery, but I don't know that David Montgomery's ever been a flashy name. And so the problem is I just, I mean, I'm almost better off just letting him ride my team getting 12 to 15 carries than, you know, selling him for something that doesn't do me any good. You yeah. Know, that, that's I, kind I of the struggle yeah. I'm having. Um, you know, it, it's, it's been a rough go. I, I, my that team is one and six. Um, you know, I adopted it. So my keepers were AJ Dillon and Mike Williams. And AJ Dillon has been trash and I traded Mike Williams because I didn't think Keenan Allen was gonna miss eight hundred weeks. Um but yeah, I mean it's been a rough go and I I have been actively trying to trade like crazy because I need to shake something up and it's just not working. Now I also know that, you know, you and I had talked in the group chat that that team if I go back and look, I have six losses and four of them are by three or less points. So it's like, you know, I am that close to having a winning record. I've just been on the wrong side of it. And and so some of it is steady as she goes. Like I'm not selling anybody for nothing, but I am trying to mix it up a little bit because that team has Najee Harris underperforming, you know, just, just some stuff across the board there. So, yeah, I mean, as a Monty owner, I am concerned. I am concerned because running back is such a viable position to begin with. And when someone is just better than you, they tend to become the running back. And so that would be my concern. And they have no loyalty to Monty. If anything else, they're using Monty like they are because they're going to keep Herbert as fresh as possible for when he becomes their running back. You right. know, that's this is actually very similar to what I thought was going to happen with Josh Jacobs and, and Zamir White. You know, when Zamir White went there, I thought, oh, you know what? Yeah. They, they haven't really liked Jacobs yeah. anyways. And I thought, you know what, you're going to see Zamir White slowly work in and they're just going to run Jacobs until he dies. And that hasn't happened yeah. at all. Um, uh, and, 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 now and that's the, because I think Oakland's realized that Zamir White is just, he's he's just not as good as as everyone thought he was. And that's the reason why he fell in the draft as far as he did. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's very possible as well, you know, but the backfield, I didn't see a split happening was this one in Chicago, just because Monty's come off two injuries and come right back to full (laughs) workloads after Herbert has performed both times. I just assume Monty would keep the carries. Well, this last week was something different. Maybe, maybe keep this in mind. This was a Monday night game. Maybe there was some split workload there because they know they're going to have a quicker turnaround. Maybe so little wishful thinking there, but otherwise I'm just, I've I'm always concerned when you're better running backs on the bench, you know, when you're better running back is the backup, the better, more talented running back is the guy behind you. That always concerns me about the situation. Yeah. Good. All right. So, um, do we want to get into, uh, I have my own personal little start sit question that I sent to you and we hadn't really discussed. Um, sure, we can get into that. This is a very, I'm in a very tough situation here. And this is when I tell you that you need a deep and complete team. This is the downside of that sometimes. Um, so I'm in a full point PPR. And due to, um, you know, some, as any league, there are some weak spots in the league, which allows you to take advantage sometimes. You know, there are trends when you're in a league for a long time that you can exploit which is, you know, some of that I know how people draft, so I can add a better idea of I can wait on something here, I can do this. Um, And some of it is it's 10-team and you have better teams. But this is full-point PPR, and I have to start two running backs, start one of these wide receivers, and then pick a flex. My running back options are DeAndre Swift, Kenneth Walker, Aaron Jones, Travis Etienne, and then, of my wide receivers, I have Michael Pittman and Cortland Sutton. So I need two of those running backs. I for sure need one wide receiver. And then I need to decide who my flex is. As it sits... All right. Let's, here's, here's what I'm thinking here. Okay. So the, the two running back and the flex is, is pretty easy for me. It's, if Swift plays, you play Swift. If Walker plays, you play Walker. And then uh, your flex is Travis Etienne. Um, that that that's pretty pretty easy for me. Um, I'm totally fine with leaving Jones because their offense has been a mess. They're playing against Buffalo. I I want no part of any Green Bay player in that in that game, especially with the way that their offense has been going. If he ends up scoring two touchdowns, I would say, hey, that's fine because if this same exact scenario happened again, I'd probably not play him against the best defense of the league. Like that's easy. Um, and then, so I, I really think it comes down to the wide receivers. And obviously, Michael Pittman is in Cortland Sutton. These are guys that were, you know, third, fourth round picks this year. Both of them, we well, we know who the quarterback's going to be in Indianapolis. It is Sam Ellinger, uh, the product of the uh, uh, of University of Texas, uh, or Texas University, or is University of Texas? Uh, Longhorns. Uh, he is going to be the quarterback for the rest of the year. We don't know what his tendencies are. We don't know if he's going to hyper-target him or Kylan Granson or Naeem Hines. Who knows? We have no idea what his, what his tendencies are. Cortland Sutton might have Russ, might have uh, Rippon. Don't know. We have no idea. And the worst part is Sutton plays the early game this Sunday, so you don't really have a lot of time. You, would ha- you have to make this decision before Sunday. 
uh, you know, you got to make this decision Saturday night. Um, how do you feel about the running backs and flex one that we're starting at? So, in my starting lineup, my two running backs are DeAndre Swift and Kenneth Walker. Yeah. So I was right on board there. Yeah. And then in flex, I had Travis Etienne in there. So we're Perfect. all we're on the same page there. And now the wide receiver situation, it is a a tricky one a little bit there. Um I actually I have Michael Pittman in my lineup and I'm benching Cortland Sutton. Um, that, that's who you're going with. You're going with Pittman. That is that's who I have right now. I could probably be easily persuaded to go another direction. See, I, I, I'm torn I, I both ways. Think, I almost think Sutton, like at least you, you like he had nine targets last week with uh, uh, Rippin. Although you know he For only turned in like a, twenty-three a, yards. Understandable, but you got to <laughs> understand he was going against one of the best cornerbacks in the league, rookie Sauce Gardner. Like Sauce Gardner is, he is not. A flash in the pan. This guy is—he's good. He's legit, super good. Uh, he had him locked up. He's locked up many good wide receivers. He's a big reason why the Jets are seeing—you know—the success that they are seeing is their rookie draft class of this past year. Uh, so I don't blame Cortland Sutton whatsoever for that. Uh, but at least you kind of know—you know—he goes against the Jaguars this year or this uh, this Sunday. Um, at least you know, like Sutton what you're gonna get so to speak like you know he should be targeted uh you know a decent amount whereas Pittman, like i could see him getting targeted 15 times i could see him getting targeted three times like with this with this new rookie quarterback i i don't know and also sam ellinger is also fairly mobile quarterback so he could be first read not there tuck it go and and run and, and take off um the guy had like you know a 1500 rushing yards in his in his uh career in over four years at uh um at texas so i mean he he, he does he does run the ball yeah i mean absolutely I, I, I'm, I, not, I, I'm not sure yeah I, I think it's i think it's kind of a flip a coin and and be confident with it yeah i mean i think it goes i mean i, th- I think both sides is tough um you know i think sutton i think first of all sutton being on my bench this was decided um, kind of before knowing Russ was playing or not. Um, obviously, it he says like he's going to he try. Sounds like he is, judging by the high knees he was doing in the aisle. I don't know if you saw that report. <sighs> the problem I have is Denver's offense is just so atrocious that it They're bad. it scares me. Um, where They're bad, but Jacksonville's the, defense is also bad. Well, the, well, Indy's playing Washington, who's even worse. Um, yeah, and true. so. The other side of it is though the the dude starting for Indy, um, he now granted this is preseason, but in the preseason he looked like he liked to air the ball out. Um, yeah, he, you know, so that's the it rookie, like that. rookie quarterbacks do like to, for the most part, it, they like to take chances, and that can. I think it'd be more work fun to almost play Pittman. Yeah, I think it'd I, be more fun to play Pittman, but I think Sutton is like the like the gut call, but I. I see Pittman being like fun to play because Sutton, if he if he goes out and like, I don't know. To be honest with you, if if Russ plays, I almost don't want to play Sutton. 
Well, and that's with what's been happening. Well, that's what I'm saying is Denver is kind of questionable, but on the same note, keeping in mind that Pittman played Jacksonville two weeks ago and got targeted 16 <laughs> times for 134 yards. So yeah, is it now Sutton's different is quarterback? It, completely well, yes, different quarterback. Yes, though. but is it now Sutton's turn and, to be wide and open? They do like that? have Jonathan Taylor? They didn't have Jonathan Taylor in that 16 target game. So they the do have him back now. Big difference. True. But what I'm getting at, though, is he was clearly open enough to be targeted 16 times. Is that now Sutton's yeah. opportunity to exploit? Correct. Um, but Correct. obviously, but- I mean, I guess the problem is in both situations, like it, the, the, the wide receivers themselves are a flip of the coin. But then both of them come with these massive question marks throwing them the ball. And it, it doesn't make either one of them fun. Um, I honestly don't have an answer for you. I, I mean, I, ESPN I has know. Sutton projected more. Pittman's been the better fantasy player this year. I mean, I, I think either way, I'll be okay, and I won't really. Yeah, care. you'll be fine. I just have All Pittman right, well, in right now. I I also have one to swing by you before we uh, before we sign off. So yeah. I have I have I have to start two wide receivers. Okay, uh, DJ Moore, okay. Rashad Bateman. And the aforementioned Cortland Sutton. I have to start two of those guys. Bateman plays tomorrow night, or if you're listening to this tonight, ha- apparently had a full practice today. Uh, Mark Andrews didn't practice at all this week. Mark Andrews might be out. So if Mark Andrews is out, ball's got to go somewhere. Don't think it's going to go to Devin Duvernay. Um, DJ DJ Moore just had a whole bunch of targets in the last week. Caught a touchdown. Seems like offense has to go through him. And then Cortland Sutton, we just talked about him. Yeah, I think I think I'm going more in Sutton. Um, Bateman is a little interesting because he did. I don't want to see it. Bateman yeah. did practice, but he's still questionable despite having a full practice, which is a little concerning. But the other the other side of it is, too, in all honesty, I mean, this is a completely non-statistical thing at all. But primetime games this year have just been so bad that I'm almost scared to start anyone in them because they're so <laughs> boring and nothing happens. Yeah. Like. Gotcha. I don't know. I just all right. I don't and, then, know. And, and then yeah, and I think I need to see it from Bateman because he has been yeah. kind of on the shelf so much that I'm a little. You know, you got to see that he's ready to go right. for real. Right. Okay. And then follow up in flex. Would you? So if you're playing DJ Moore and Cortland Sutton, would you flex Rashad Bateman or Miles Sanders? Um. Well, if you're not a person that wants to sell high on Miles Sanders, which we kind of talked about um, before. I was I, I I might I don't know I'm torn on Sanders because part of me is a little concerned that this isn't what we'll see, um, but I think I'm starting Miles Sanders there because until yeah. if you're if you're riding Miles Sanders until they stop using him for 18 to 27 carries a week, it's pretty hard to not want that in your yeah. lineup. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, and so I, th- I, I really think my decision basically comes down to, and I'm totally fine. And that's what I had originally was DJ Moore and Cortland Sutton as there. I think if Andrews gets ruled out and Bateman does play, I think I will play Bateman over Sutton. Hey, I mean that's definitely and I, a and fair. I, th- I think that's what it comes down to. If Andrews does play, even if it's like partially active or you know whatever it is, limited snaps, I don't know. Like then I I don't think I I will play Bateman. But if it's really going to be only Rashad Bateman in the offense, I think that that's 
I think I think I'm just gonna follow the targets and hope he gets ten plus targets because I see an easy path for that to happen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I definitely understand that as well. Um, you know, I think I would. I don't know. I'm. I actually own multiple players that we just talked about. I do have a Miles Sanders. I'm actually starting him over Najee Harris this week. Um, I told you I like Miles Sanders rest of the season over Najee Harris a few weeks ago. Well, I actually, I mean, I, I, do. I don't, I don't know that I agree I do. with that, but I don't I do. see Pittsburgh moving against Philadelphia very well. Um, so I'm giving Miles Sanders against Pittsburgh a lot better. Um, and then on the other side of it, uh, I do have Rashad Bateman in a different league. And as of right now, I have him playing, um, but that is over um, people like a banged up DK Metcalf that I'm unsure if they're going to. Oh play. yeah, like it, it's one of the ones where it's like, okay, like, uh, yeah, I could, I could start play. him. I could, I could technically bump him to flex and then play Khalil Herbert. Um, but I, I think that there's a little less question mark with Bateman if he's good to go there. Right. So I, I am starting him as is right now. Cool. All righty. Well, I awesome. think that basically wraps up our going into week eight here. Uh, hopefully you guys took away something from that because uh, we like to provide you information. It is a little harder uh, being mid-season and recording after uh, waiver wire day. Um, but some of that is just scheduling. I have a lot of work on Tuesday nights, so that really doesn't work for me. But And Monday's too soon. So... Yeah, I mean, we do what we can, and hopefully you learn something. Hopefully you take something away. I have had people texting me and messaging me. I had someone actually, uh, someone messaged me and Ash. They got offered a trade. It was Hubbard and uh, Melvin Gordon for Darrell Henderson. And I said, that's not even close to me because Hubbard is a 50-50 snap share, and he could easily be less. And Gordon has already been passed up by a guy they signed off a practice squad. So I'm taking Henderson, and I'm going to just, have him until he either dies or stops being the only guy there. Um, But other than that, thank you guys for tuning in and we will catch you next time. Peace.